The Beat Church, bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. Awesome. Thank you, Lucas. Yeah, it's pretty cool uh, seeing, like you said, Ozzy and Luma just came over Brazil, and they were, had no idea what they were going to do other than just follow what God is calling them to do, so it's pretty cool. And so that's where Pastor Andy and Carrie are this morning. Um, so I'm up here. I'm excited to share this, excited to get into this with you guys. As always, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to get up and to share just the different things that God's been showing me through his word and through my time with him. And, and one of the big ideas, one of the uh, big things that God's been walking through with me recently is this idea of facing the truth and embracing the truth. Jesus says that you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so often in my life, there's been different situations and different decisions and different circumstances uh, that were hard for me to face. There was truths about my life and what I was doing and the decisions I was making that were just, it was hard to face them. <clears throat> and the reason why is there was this fear of what would happen if that was known, if that was made known. There's this kind of fear of punishment, right? And there's actually a verse in 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 18, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And if you're anything like me, there's definitely been times in your life, and maybe even right now, there's some hard truths that you just don't want to face. Some hard things that you don't want to have to endure, you don't want to have to confront, you don't want to have exposed, maybe, because there's this fear of punishment. And what sucks about that is as we, we avoid facing these hard truths, we actually forfeit and miss out on the opportunity of embracing the truth about how God sees us and what he's able to do for us and what he's done for us and, 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 and what that means for us to be able to move forward facing these hard truths in our lives while embracing the truth that God loves us, that he's for us, that he's not against us. And so we're going to unpack that a little bit more this morning. Um, when I was probably about four, maybe five years old, uh, my, my step-grandpa at the time, uh, we, we, we lived just down the road from him in the back country of Shasta County in the middle of the forest and trailers. And I was down at his trailer, and he, was, he would always be whittling away with a pocket knife on a piece of wood. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. And so he actually gave me a pocket knife and showed me how to use it and all these different things. And, you know, I was sitting on his front porch in his trailer just whittling away, and I accidentally went the wrong way and sliced my thumb, and my little four-year-old boy thumb was just flayed open right here, and it hurt so bad, and just blood pouring, and so I quickly grabbed my thumb and ran behind the trailer, and I was hiding, and I couldn't even move my hand to look at it, and my step-grandma at the time, she came over, and she said, you know, what's going on? Let me see, and there was just this fear, this hesitancy to, to show it, because it was just so horrific. It was so just like, oh my gosh, my thumb is just totally sliced open. And so finally, I mustered up the courage to, to, to look at it, to face the wound, to face what was going on, and then she was able to start cleaning the blood off. She was able to start putting Neosporin on it and start bandaging it up. And even that process was a little painful as well. I think in the same way in our lives, we have these different wounds that are in our minds, in our hearts, that are in our souls that we carry. Sometimes it's self-inflicted. 
things that we've done, decisions that we've made, and sometimes it's things that have happened to us, and we carry these wounds, and we're so hesitant to face the truth of these wounds, of, of what's going on inside of our heart, our mind, and our soul, because there's this fear of what's going to happen if they find out. And so we spend a lot of our energy trying to hide and trying to numb and trying to distract from these wounds, from facing these truths in our lives. And, and I was researching this, looking it up, and, and the average American spends at least, at least three and a half hours of, on, on, a day on TV, and at least two and a half hours a day on social media. So there's just this need for us to be distracted, because there's hard truths in our lives that we're so afraid to face. And we're going to learn this morning and find out about what does God think about those hard truths in your life, those things that you're just not wanting to face, the decisions that you've made, the stuff that has happened to you that you don't want to even begin to open up and look at because it's so horrific, and to see how God would respond to that and what, what he says about that. You know, there's, um, <clears throat> there's a verse in Proverbs 14, 12. It says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. And so in the moment, these different distractions, these different things we do to, to numb the pain and to numb the, the reality of facing these truths, in the moment, they feel right. But ultimately, what they do is they exasperate the pain. They exasperate the wound. They make it worse. They emphasize the pain. And, and it spreads the toxicity of the sin that's in our lives out to other people. And, and so what we have to do is come to this place where we realize that there's no fear in love because fear has to do with punishment. Uh, in, my, in my own life, you know, I, um, you know, I was pursuing these different visions, these different passions, these different goals in, in my life, and, and I was super uh, just aggressive and like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to set this deadline. I'm going to do this at such and such time. And I was very just um, like adamant about going after this, this vision and this goal for my life. And it wasn't a bad vision. It wasn't a bad goal. There's nothing wrong with it. But as time went on, I got these little inklings of, I, I think this might be wrong. I think I might be on the wrong track here. And so what I would do, my, my own kind of way of escaping and distracting myself from, from not really facing the hard truth in my life that I wasn't necessarily on the right path, I wasn't doing what God was calling me to do, and I was doing it my own way. It doesn't mean that the, the, what I was doing was necessarily wrong, it's just it wasn't what God had wanted I started to get these little inklings, and I would ignore them. And what, what I would do is I would use the things that God had intended in my life for celebration, for justification. And so what I mean by that is I would say, well, okay, all these things are going well. All these things are good. All these things are, everything's okay. And it was really a house of cards. And eventually, and I'm so grateful just for God's mercy that he didn't give me what I deserved for ignoring him, for ignoring what he was calling me to do, for the path that he actually wanted me to go on. And, and, and uh, I was grateful for that mercy. And so some of the reasons why we're so reticent, so hesitant, and so reluctant to face these hard truths, really, because it comes down to punishment. Because we know that the things that we do in our life, we feel it, we sense it, we see it all around us. We know that if we're doing these things that aren't in line with what God wants, that it deserves punishment. And so we, we, we withdraw from facing that because we're afraid that if, if it becomes known, if we face these hard truths, right, 
That what is, what is it going to do for our relationships? What are people going to think? What about the influence and the respect and the stature that we have in our jobs and in our homes and in our church community? What are people going to think? What's going to happen? You know, if, if I give up, if I face this hard truth that what I'm doing isn't good, that the decision that I'm making isn't right, and what happens if I have to give up the one little piece of joy and one little part of peace in my life that I can find, and I have to actually give that up, even though it's just making things worse. And so there's this fear of like if we actually are faced the truth, we actually face the truth in our lives, that there's going to be this punishment that comes. And I think ultimately the, the, the saddest part about all of this is that we, we withhold from facing the truth and we avoid and we distract and we numb. Because I think ultimately our fear is that if it gets found out and if we face the truth that we're going to become unlovable. That if everybody knew, and if I actually confessed, and if I actually owned up and, and, and recognized what's going on in my life, I wouldn't be unlovable. I would be unlovable. And so the way that God deals with these different things in our lives, the decisions that we make, the things that have happened to us, the way that God deals with it is there is punishment. But the punishment that we deserve was served to Jesus on the cross. So that way we don't have to face it anymore. And so when we can get a hold of this truth and this reality that God loves us so much to be able to send his son to die for us, to suffer our punishment, and that from that we're free and we get to walk in the stature and walk in the identity that God has for us and that the things that are going wrong in our lives, the decisions that we're making that aren't the best, the wounds that we carry from the things that have happened to our life, Jesus has made a way to be forgiven, has made a way for us to be healed for that. There's a, there's a verse as we embrace the truth, right? So we face the truth that there are wrong things in our lives that we've done, that have, been, that have done, been done to us, that we've experienced, and that they deserve punishment. We feel it, we sense it, we get it, we know it. But we need to embrace the truth that Jesus paid that price for us, that he endured that for us. So we don't have to have it held against us anymore. We don't have to look to other things for healing. We don't have to look to anywhere else to justify our lives because Jesus is our justification because of what he's done. There's a verse in Isaiah 53.5. It says that he was pierced for our transgressions. And transgressions is a fancy Bible word for sin, for the ways that we've gone against what God has designed. When we, 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 we walk the other direction from where he's telling us to go, where he's designed and created us to go. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him because Jesus suffered our punishment. We get to know peace, true, real, genuine peace, where we can know that whatever is going on in our lives that God is for us and that he's not against us and that he loves us and that we have everything available to us to walk out in this grace, this supernatural ability to face the mess of our lives with God's power. I was not who I, I'm not who I was 10 years ago and I could not be where I'm at today, not that I've arrived or anything, but if you looked where I was 10 years ago, even five years ago, the ways that God has built up into me to respond to the different decisions, even the bad things and the, the wrong choices that I've made, the response to them has changed. And that's not because I'm so awesome. It's because God, his grace is so powerful and his mercy is so real that he doesn't give us what we deserve, but he gives us the grace to become so much more. And so when we face these truths with courage and face these truths while embracing the truth that God loves us, we're able to move forward. 
And there's a verse in Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. It says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace that you have been saved. Man, I was a dead, bloated corpse at the bottom of the sea. There is nothing good that I could have done. There's no way I could have gotten to the top. But God reached down, even when I was dead in my sin, and made me alive in Christ. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. That's facing the truth. That's facing the truth. And then it goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life in our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's embracing the truth. Yeah, there's things that, have been, that we've done wrong. Yeah, there's things that have happened to us that aren't right. But there's a power, there's a grace, there's a salvation that Jesus bought for us to be able to walk in and be able to experience. You know, First Peter, um, it, well, a couple of verses, yeah, that have been really speaking to me lately as I've been wrestling with some of the, facing some of the hard truths in my life is First Peter uh, 2, 9 through 10. And it says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So when you're laying on your bed in the middle of the night and you're woken up because of the anxiety and the stress and the different weight that you feel from what's going on in your lives and there's all these different thoughts coming in like, I shoulda, coulda, woulda. If I'd have done this differently, I should have done that. Man, I am such a failure. I, I've, I've, I've screwed it all up. It's all going up in smoke. I've, I've been there. This is from personal experience. So when, that, when you're experiencing that type of fear and that type of just loss and you're facing these hard truths in your life, it's so important to face the hard truth but to also embrace the truth of what this verse is telling us, that we are a chosen people, that we're God's special possession the creator of the universe, the creator of everything, the, the, the one who said, here's right and here's wrong, and the one who gave us all these directions on how to, how to pursue him and grow in our knowledge of him, the one who made the trees and the sky and the weather and all this incredible stuff. We're his special possession, that he's done everything that he can for us to be able to be free from the sin that entangles us, to be free from the guilt and the shame that keeps us from being able to connect with God and to connect with the people in our lives. There's no shame. There's nothing. As 1 Corinthians says that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. No height, no depth, no angel, no demon. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. There's nothing you can do. And if we, as we, we face these hard truths in our lives, of what's going on, of what's happened to us, and we embrace the truth of who God says we are as his holy people, as a, as a special possession. Once we weren't a people, now we are. God isn't going to give you what you deserve for your sin because he's already given it to Jesus. Jesus has already taken that upon himself, and that's what mercy is. And yeah, there's probably going to be a little bit of a mess to clean up, right? There's going to be some cleaning off of the blood, there's going to be some you know, ointment that needs to be put on. There's going to be some bandaging that's going to take place. But that's where God's grace comes in to allow us to face these truths, to face the, 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 you know, the, the hazard zone of, of what we've done with our lives, and to, to be able to clean it up. And it's just incredible, guys. Like, like the things that I deserve for the decisions I've made, you know, it's amazing the mercy that God has and the grace that he has for us to be able to move forward and to, and to face these truths and embrace the truth of, of who he is and what he's done for us. 
And so as long as there's breath in your lungs, as long as you have this opportunity to cry out, God, help me, there is always hope. Whatever the situation is, whatever it is that you're facing, whatever the wound is that's been inflicted on you, whatever decision you've made that has just, that just wrecked havoc in emotionally and spiritually and mentally inside of you, there's hope. There's hope for a better way. God has something more for you than what you're going through right now. And there's a better way to handle these truths than maybe some of the ways that we're handling it now. Flies trying to land on me, sorry, distracted me. And so uh, as, as we kind of um, move forward, you know, we, we, uh, the, the steps to facing the truth and embracing the truth, there's, there's three steps, um, and, and that you know, it's not like, you know, all-inclusive, but the three beginning steps, the baby steps. You guys ever watch What About Bob, right? There's this old movie, What About Bob, and, you know, he's got all these issues, and, you know, the, the doctor says, baby steps, Bob, baby steps. He's like, baby steps out the office? Baby steps down here? Oh, gosh, oh, no, baby steps. So anyways, we're going to just take these three little baby steps. I think they're very basic, very simple, but I think that if we actually put these into practice, because I've seen it happen in my life, if we actually put these into practice, that there's going to be breakthrough that there's going to be forgiveness, that you're going to begin to experience the grace that God has for you to face the truth and to embrace the truth of how much he loves you and to have hope that there is a better future in your life. There's a better way of handling the pain and the, and the shame. And so the first step really is to, is to ask God. Ask God to show you what matters most to him. There's this uh, saying that I, I picked up over time that, you know, to choke the loudest frog. Right? And so the idea behind that is whatever you have going on in your life, whatever task you need to do, what, you know, there's always multitudes of things that we have to face and deal with in our lives just daily, uh, to choke the loudest frog. Right? So find the thing that's the most stressful, the most pressing, the most overwhelming, and to just go after that. Right? And, 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 and I think that if you're anything like me, there's so much just going on in my heart and my mind all the time. And that's why we have Psalm 139, 23 through 24. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In the way everlasting. The ways that we handle the stuff in our life, the sin, the whatever, the distractions, the way that we numb ourselves, the escapism when we go to drugs and food and alcohol and pornography or whatever, they're not everlasting. They're going to come up short every single time. And worse, they're going to steal and take away and begin to spread this toxicity of shame and, and sin throughout. And so that's why we have this great opportunity because of what Jesus has done by suffering for us, by dying for us, by, by bearing the, those wounds in his body, to be able to say, God, show me. Show, show me where things are at. It's so overwhelming, God. I don't know, even know where to begin. Know my heart. Test me. Know my thoughts. See if there's any way offensive me and lead me in the way everlasting. The second part to this is to confess. First uh, John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And in James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that, you may have, may, so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And, and this, this part is so key and so crucial. And I can tell you that every time in my life that there's been a hard truth that I haven't wanted to face, 
about a decision, about a way that I was doing things, a way that I was handling the pain of my life and whatever, every time that I've gone to confess, it was horrible. It was terrifying. I walked into it basically resigning to the fact that everything I have is going to be forfeit, but I cannot keep going down this path. I cannot keep leaving, living this way. And so I'd go into this time of confession, you know, with, when I meet with a, you know, a friend, a brother, a pastor, a leader, mentor, just knowing it's all gone. I'm going to be off the worship team. I'm going to be, you know, have, you know things are going to get taken away from me. I'm going to be kicked off. I'm, I'm going to be, you know, um, I'm going to be probably cast out even because this stuff is pretty messed up. Some of the decisions I'd made in the past, like I said, if you all knew me 10 years ago, back like even in Vancouver, whoo, that was a wild guy back then. And, and, but to be able to come and to confess these things, again, there was just this fear and this terror. And I'll tell you, every single time that I did it, it was like a massive balloon was popped inside of my heart, inside of my mind, inside of my soul. And I think that's what, what the, you know, the adversary, the enemy, the, the one who's against us, you know, Satan, uh, I think that this, this fear billows up and balloons up in our mind that if people actually knew what was going on, oh my gosh, you know, I can't face this. But the reality is, is that because of what Jesus has done, it's hot air. And so when we can come to this place where God is saying, hey, son, daughter, this needs to be taken care of. This needs to be confronted. We need to face this truth. And while you're doing it, son, daughter, embrace the truth that I love you, that I'm for you, that I'm not against you, that I have plans to, to prosper you and to not harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. And so we can do that, and when we go and do it, it's like popping a balloon. It's incredible. And I remember, uh, I remember one night, you know, on the back porch, uh, it was actually a few years ago, probably when we first moved here, and, um, you know, I, I, like I've shared before, so all of you already know, but, you know, I've wrestled over my entire life with a lot of just depression, a lot of, you know, pretty morbid depression at times, where it just got real dark, real deep, and I didn't know how sustainable it was. And I remember finally, and I would never tell anybody about this, not even my wife, I just kind of buried it all inside and just, you know, whatever, because I was so afraid that if people knew what I was thinking and feeling and experiencing, like, what kind of, what kind of like, you know, ministry person, pastor person has thoughts and feelings like that? So I would hide it and suppress it, and it got to a breaking point where I was like, man, I need to face this truth. I need, even if it means every talk to somebody, even if, even if it means everything gets forfeit. Even if it means everything is compromised, I don't care, I can't keep going like this. And it's just the coolest thing is, uh, you know, is being able to confess and to be able to get healed up with scripture and be able to get healed up through that prayer was, was an incredible opportunity. And so the things that you have going on in your life, confess it, get free from it, right? And the third step to all this, because it's one thing to be aware, ask God to be aware, it's one thing to say, hey, yeah, this is what's going on. The third step is to actually repent of it. And this word repent, it's an old, maybe old-timey Bible word, but it means to turn away. It means I'm going this direction, I'm facing this hard truth, and I'm going to go this direction. I'm going to turn away from what I'm doing that goes against what I know is wrong, that goes against whatever, whatever God has speaks to you while you're asking him, you know, along with Psalm 139, 23 through 24, that you're going to repent from it. Because we can, we can ask God, we can know, but if we're unwilling to actually turn away that we're going to continue on, and the pain and the toxicity is going to continue on to spread. Acts 3, 19, it says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Again, there's this fear that we have if we actually face this hard truth and have to turn away from it, that we're going to give up the things that bring us comfort, 
that we're going to give up these different things. But the reality is when we ask God and we confess and we repent from it, that times of refreshing come from the Lord, that God's going to begin to speak, in, speak into your life and to bring these different just moments of peace that don't make any sense. But there's going to be a freedom that comes into your life, and there's going to be a grace that's going to empower you to be able to move forward. And, 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 and it's an incredible opportunity that we have. And so in, in conclusion, what we're going to do, um, if you guys want to play that the fun background music uh, for ending, is we're actually going to put this into practice. I know we did uh, that, that first few minutes of prayer as a group, but we're also going to do a little bit more today. We're going to double up, okay? And so what we're going to do this morning, kind of as we wrap up the next three to five minutes, is we're not going to break into groups. What we're going to do is right where you are, I want you to just close your eyes so there's no distractions, and just open your mind, open your heart, open your soul up to what the Holy Spirit might say to you this morning and to ask him to show you what matters most to him and to begin this process of facing the hard truth in your life. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. last couple of minutes as we stay in this kind of atmosphere of prayer and, and seeking what God would say, whatever God has brought to your mind, confess it to him now. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, hear this, he's faithful and just and will forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. So let's spend the next few minutes with what God's been speaking to us and, and confess it.
Father, I thank you so much for your goodness to us. Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to, to pay the price for the different things in our lives, the sin in our lives, God, to bring forgiveness and to bring healing. Father, I thank you so much that your mercy is so great and your grace is so powerful, God, that we can face these hard truths in our life, God, and we can embrace the truth, God, of how much you love us, of what's available to us, of the life and the, and the hope that we have for a future, God, that's free from shame, God, that's free from regret, that's free from fear. God, I thank you that you, you've replaced all of that fear with faith, God. The ability for us to be able to, to trust and to know you and to see you move in our lives, God. Lord, I'm, I'm grateful for it, Father, and I pray that our lives will glorify you, God. Lord, and I pray this morning as, as we're wrapping up and as we move forward through the week, God, that there would just be this, uh, this constant just asking and confessing and repenting, God. And Lord, that people would be free, that there would be refreshment, God. The same refreshment you've shown me and so many others, God. I pray for that this morning for everybody in this room, God. Whatever is going on, you are bigger, you are more powerful. And God, your love covers all, Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. the next step and visit www.thebeatchurch.com and get connected with a community committed to applying these truths in their everyday lives. You can also give now to support our messages by visiting www.thebeatchurch.com give.